This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking with Tom Walsh, President of Tom Walsh Consulting, an Overland Park, Kansas-based firm specializing in healthcare information security issues. Thanks so much for joining us today, Tom. Well, thank you, Howard. The HHS Office for Civil Rights on July 8th issued a proposed rule calling for revamping of the HIPAA privacy security and enforcement rules. So, Tom, what do you consider to be the most significant components of the proposal? Well, Howard, I think there's like three things that just stood out to me as being significant components. And the first is the expansion of some of the privacy provisions, the security rule to business associates and their subcontractors. So before, Howard, I think there were a lot of folks trying to look for wiggle room so that they wouldn't have to do the HIPAA security rule. And the old business associate agreement said they had to make sure there was a, you know, appropriate administrative, physical, and technical safeguards. Well, now it's pretty clear you have to comply with the HIPAA security rule. The other thing I thought was kind of interesting to me was that the rules that were put out here just last week talk a lot about willful neglect. And we find that sometimes people think, yeah, 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 you know, the government puts out these rules. Well, you know, I don't have to worry about it unless they catch me. Now we're talking about the, you know, ignoring the rules can result in some of the highest fines. In the enforcement piece, it talks about uh, four different tiers for which uh, fines or penalties would be levied. And the willful neglect, meaning simply ignoring it, not doing anything about it, would put you in that highest category. Now, what I found is that most large healthcare systems, community-based hospitals, are aware of the rules, they do the right things, they don't want to be found um, in neglect. But I find that smaller providers really are clueless sometimes when it comes to things, especially the security rule. For a lot of doctor offices that I've been to, they think that issuing a notice of privacy practices is all they have to do to comply with HIPAA. When I start asking them questions about the security rule, they look at me like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. We're HIPAA compliant. So this is, I think, a wake-up call, and I think that the groups that represent physician groups, such as uh, MGMA, this, is, this should be something they really push hard with their members. You've really got to get out there. You've got to make sure you're complying with the security rule. The third one that kind of stood out to me, and I, I mean, I know that this was something that's coming along for a long time, and that's the patient's right to access their information regardless of the format. And in the High Tech Act says we have to give it to them in electronic format if they request it. So what was interesting to me is that they gave some examples in the rule about a patient requesting the access to their data in electronic format and he talked about USBs. So you can imagine the security challenges we're going to have as patients start showing up with their USB devices and saying, put my data on here. We're going to have to check those to make sure there's no viruses or any other hidden code, malicious code that could be stored on those devices. And it also mentioned encryption in the example when it was talking about the right for patients to obtain this in electronic format. So um, I'm not sure if that was implied because there's nothing in the rule that talks about the requirement for giving the patient data in an encrypted format, but it was in the example that they gave. 
So those three things, I think, were the most significant. A lot of it was no surprise to us, which shouldn't have been because we knew about it through the High Tech Act of what the changes were going to be. So what was left out of the proposal, if anything, that you would have liked to have seen included? I was a little bit disappointed with the changes to the security rule because really all they did was add wording for the business associates. So since 2003, there have been no changes, and and this bothers me because the technical environment that we live in today is much different than it was in 2003. So that means the security rule still remains very vague. Now, interesting enough, we have seen documents that CMS has put out there as samples of what you might expect if you were ever being audited, like a a data call, the things that they would be looking for. And in there, they list a lot of things that are not required in the HIPAA security rule. So they want to, for example, they want you to address things like wireless networks, uh, vulnerability scan, a penetration test. They also talk about some of the... um, ways that you manage access control. They want to see user provisioning tied to training. So these were things that came out of audits that CMS conducted. It came out of sample documents they put out there. I was expecting they were going to address that in, the, in this rule update. Nothing. Nothing about remote access. Nothing about user provisioning tied to training. None of the things that we talked about, things that are re- they're asked for in a data call. So it's not required in the HIPAA security rule. They didn't update the rule to add it, but yet there's an expectation there that you're going to do these things. I, I just wish they would have taken the time to put a little more work into that piece. Most of the changes were really dealt with privacy. Do those changes in the privacy end of things affect business associates? Just want to clarify that. The privacy rule is really written more for a provider environment and then also for um, a payer environment, not necessarily for a business associate, but really some of the things as far as uses and disclosures now uh, apply to the business associate. So, yeah, they did move some of the privacy requirements, the provisions back to business associates, but not all. I mean, business associates aren't expected to issue, for example, a notice of privacy practice. They don't have to do that. Based on this preliminary proposal, which likely will be revised before it's finalized, what advice would you give to business associates on how they should be preparing now to comply with the eventual new HIPAA rules? So for business associates, this means that they really have to take a more serious look at their environment. They need to look at how their administrative, physical, technical safeguards and controls and in a more serious light They may want to look at best practices. They may even want to consider something like the um, High Trust, which is an organization that puts out a governance for IT security in a healthcare environment. Or they may also want to look at some of the NIST documents for guidance. I I think for business associates, some of them, they know how to secure data, so it's okay. Others, this is a, I think, a new territory and they may need help, they may need outside help in getting through this. Uh, You may find that some of their covered entities are going to start sending business associates questionnaires to ask more specific questions about what they're doing to protect the data, not just assuming they are because they signed an agreement. So for business associates, I think there's a lot of work ahead. 
What about for hospitals, uh, physician group practices, insurers, and other covered entities? What should they be doing to prepare for compliance with these new rules? There are several things they have to look at. One is they're going to have to do new business associate agreements. They're going to have to create new uh, notice of privacy practices. Unfortunately, the accounting of disclosures was not addressed in this rule, so that's still something that's pending back there, and hopefully we'll get something here to help clarify what that means, because as you know, under Tech Act, they um, removed the exemption for treatment, payment, and healthcare operations, or TPO. So there's still a little uncertainty. Does that mean a patient has the right now to see an audit record of everybody who accessed their record? I don't think so, but I'm still waiting to see what they say. And I think one of the biggest challenges that's going to require IT, IT security, as well as privacy and the business end of it is honoring the request for restrictions on releases of information to insurance companies. There were uh, some really good examples that came out in the notice of proposed rulemaking where it talks about if you have a patient who pays for their service out of pocket in full and then you request you don't send this information to the insurance company, how are you going to ensure that gets through the whole organization and would include any other releases of information to other providers. And the example they gave, which I thought was really good, was they talked about a person, let's say, comes in for treatment. You agree to the restriction. You're not going to share it with the insurance company. And let's say the doctor orders some meds and sends a prescription through. The way things work today, a lot of those doctors will just ask the patient, what pharmacy do you like to use? And they'll send an electronic prescription to the pharmacy. By the time the patient goes to pick up their prescription, the pharmacy may have already billed their insurance company without the patient's notice. So that to me was a real big eye-opener. Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. So it's challenging enough to honor this restriction. And the rule was very specific. Again, here's where we could be guilty of willful neglect. We can't say, sorry, I'm not going to honor the request because I don't have the technology or the capability to do it or it's too much of a hassle. It's in the rule. We've got to do it. we got six months, for the most part, to get this thing done. So there's a lot of work ahead. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges, particularly to uh, covered entities, honoring that request for restriction. Okay, thanks very much, Tom. We've been talking today with security consultant Tom Walsh. This is Howard Anderson of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.